When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and once again, I'll be filling in for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter, and you can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball related from Saturday, April 1st. We had a full slate of 15 games on the day, and we'll start it off by looking at the injuries news and notes from around the league we had basically zero transactions and just one injury though that injury was an impactful one as Robbie Ray hits the 15-day IL with a left flexor strain that explains his struggles yesterday on the mound he could not control his pitches and did not have a good feel for his breakers and the left flexor strain is likely the root of the cause he will be replaced on the roster by Gabe Spire who will be called up and will join the bullpen which means Chris Flexen will rejoin the rotation and should get a start in the near future. Let's hope Robbie Ray is back on the mound as soon as possible. Now we'll get into the notable performances from around the league and boy was it a fun day of baseball. We'll start it off with the hitters from around the league leading it off with a huge performance from Trace Thompson of the Los Angeles Dodgers as he helped the team to a win against the Diamondbacks going three for four with three home runs, three runs and eight RBI. Half of those RBI came via a grand slam in the first inning that traveled 406 feet. The second home run he hit was a two run home run in the fifth inning that traveled 417 feet and then he topped both of those by hitting a solo home run in the eighth that traveled 440 feet which was the top fly ball distance on the day the craziest part about this is that all three of them had a 107 and a half mile per hour exit velocity that has to be a mistake that has to be a bug in baseball savant but that is just a very weird coincidence those were also the three highest exit velocities in the game so it was a huge day for trace thompson he has failed to catch on with any team for more than half a season throughout his career the most games he's played is eight which he's done twice with the Dodgers but last year he had a huge second half in Los Angeles he was actually one of only seven players with a second half fly ball exit velocity greater than 92 miles per hour and a walk percentage that was above 12 percent with a minimum of 150 plate appearances so he definitely has some potential in that bat and not just because he's Clay Thompson's brother the plan in Los Angeles is to platoon him against lefties but after this I don't know maybe he'll see some more playing time elsewhere we saw Adam Duvall have a massive game game in Baltimore and boy was that the most fun game of the day. Duvall went four for five with three runs, a double, a triple, two dingers, and five RBI and he keyed Boston to a six-run comeback. He started off the game by achieving the three hardest legs of the cycle. He had a triple in the second, a homer in the third, and a double in the seventh. So he just needed one more chance to get that single and he was afforded that shot at history in the ninth after Masataki Yoshida hit a fly ball to left 
with two outs and Ryan McKenna, the left fielder, dropped it. An easy, lazy fly ball that I could have easily caught myself. You rarely see a player mess up like that, especially at this point in the ball game. And that afforded Duvall another chance to step to the plate. And instead of going for the shot at history, he took advantage of a Felix Bautista fastball and snuck it over the green monster for a walk-off bomb. Just a crazy turn of events to go from, oh, this game is over, ball dropped, oh my gosh, the Red Sox still have another chance to, wow, it actually happened. They took advantage of the blunder and won the game. Duvall seems to be the everyday center fielder in Boston, batting fifth, so he does have a good shot at having a successful season, even at the age of 34. He's a guy that has a lot of power, so keep an eye on him if you need home runs in your league. Elsewhere, Mitch Garver took on the Phillies in a rout. The Rangers took this one handily, 16-3. to Huge offensive game for the Rangers. Mitch Garver, though, went two for four with three runs, a couple of dingers, six RBIs, and a walk. Those dingers were nearly identical exit velocities, one coming in at 107 miles per hour and the other one coming in at 106.9 miles per hour. He may have gone unnoticed in your draft because he only has utility eligibility, but he's definitely a guy that you don't want to let sit on the wire for too long. He has split the first two games at catcher with Jonah Heim behind the plate, and he should get catcher eligibility in the near future and could be the DH versus lefties right now with Brad Miller taking on that role versus righties for the first two games. So he could be somebody that becomes appealing in many different kinds of leagues, especially in two catcher leagues and in deep single catcher formats. This is a guy that you do not want to wait too long and leave him on the wire because you have to keep in mind that he had a juiced ball aided 31 home run campaign that came with a 155 WRC plus in 2019 as part of the Bomba squad. So Mitch Garver getting off to a hot start this year. On the topic of multi-home run games, Matt Olson hit two home runs in Washington, going two for three with two runs, those two home runs, three RBI, and a walk. The last hitter that we will cover is Austin Hayes, who was opposite Adam Duvall in that wild game in Boston. He went a wild five for five with two runs, two doubles, a home run, an RBI, and a stolen base to grab that combo meal. He was the catalyst of a big offensive day for the Orioles. That home run he hit went 430 feet, which was the third longest fly ball distance on the day. He's been playing right field every day for the Orioles, and I think he's a great streamer on the road because his skill set is hampered by the deep left field fences at Camden Yards. He's great at pulling fly balls to capitalize on his lack of power, similar to the way that Nolan Arenado is able to hit 30 plus home runs every year, but he's more of a solid option in five outfield leagues or deep three outfield leagues because his ceiling is capped by that left field fence in Camden Yards. If you want more information about the performances at the plate on Saturday, check out the Daily Batters Box article for more info. We'll now move on over to the starting pitchers on the day and we'll lead it off with Nick Lodolo who took on the Pittsburgh Pirates garnering a win going five innings allowing seven hits with two earned two walks and nine strikeouts. He racked up a whopping 22 whiffs which earned him the gallows pole and he also pitched to 39% CSW which is very impressive because he did so across 109 pitches. He did all this despite sitting down a tick and a half on his fastball and he really performed exceptionally thanks to racking up 13 whiffs on his curveball alone. That pitch was really doing a lot of work for him, but he looked amazing in Cincinnati. He really took advantage of a weak lineup, but he'll need to be more economical with his pitches if he wants to go deeper into games in the future. Speaking of the future, his next matchup is in Philadelphia. That'll be a true test because that's a much tougher lineup than the one he faced on Saturday. We'll now check out how Shintaro Fujinami did in his debut against the Angels. It did not go 
well. He earned a loss and he definitely earned it because he only went two and a third, allowing five hits, eight earned runs, three walks, and four strikeouts. He did have 13 whiffs and a 35% CSW, but he only tossed 55 pitches. This was his major league debut, but he definitely deserved better than what he got. He racked up a lot of whiffs. 13 whiffs across 55 pitches is really great. So he has some amazing stuff and he definitely got unlucky as all the base runners he allowed scored. So he had a 0% left on base rate. He does get a nice matchup next against the Rays. They can do some damage, but you never know. Fujinami has some great stuff. If you want to see how his stuff looked and get a more in-depth look at what kind of pitcher Fuji is, go check out the GIF breakdown written by Ben Palmer and you'll see exactly how Fuji fared in his major league debut. We also saw Jack Flaherty take on the Toronto Blue Jays in a notable performance. He earned a win, but it was very weird. He tossed five innings of no-hit ball without allowing a run, but he walked seven and only struck out four. He had eight whiffs and a 24% CSW across 95 pitches. That weird line made him just the 16th pitcher since at least 1901 with at least seven walks in a scoreless and hitless outing. So he's one of 16 pitchers to go seven walks with zero hits and zero earned runs. Very weird. All of his pitches were also down two miles an hour, which is sort of concerning, especially in the fastball department. And as a guy coming off of injury, it's really hard to tell if maybe he's still injured. Maybe he's just not ramped up, but this is definitely something to keep an eye on. He was very lucky to escape unscathed on Saturday, and he will really need to hone his command to avoid disaster next time out against the Brewers. Clayton Kershaw took on the Arizona Diamondbacks. He is the ace that will always ace. He earned the dub across six innings, allowing just four hits and one run, walking done and striking out nine. He had 13 whiffs and a whopping 45% CSW across 76 pitches, and that CSW mark earned him the King Cole on the day. The last starting pitcher we'll check out is Zach Eflin, who was our streaming pick of the day against the Tigers, and it paid off as he earned the dub, going five innings, allowing just three hits and an earned run. He walked one and struck out five. He had 13 whiffs and a 34% CSW across 74 pitches. Great to see him do well in his Tampa Bay debut. The Rays gave him a franchise record contract for a reason, and we saw exactly why. In terms of how the Rays coaching staff affected Eflin, his cutter and curveball added over 100 RPM, which could improve the effectiveness of those pitches. We also saw both the changeup and curve induce five whiffs apiece. He's got a deep arsenal with an incredible coaching staff in Tampa Bay, so they will continue to get the best out of him, and I'm excited to see him be a solid, reliable starter throughout the season, and we should see that continue next time out as he gets another cushy matchup as he takes on the A's next. If you want more info on every single starting pitcher that pitched on Saturday, go check out Nick's daily starting pitching roundup. We'll now head over to the bullpen and see how the relievers did on the day. I'll kick it off with Hector Neris, who earned the save against the White Sox, getting four outs, but allowing two hits, one and run, one walk, and striking out two. This was his first save of the season, and that's because he is the third Houston reliever to get a save opportunity in the team's first three games. Very weird usage. Makes a little bit of sense. Ryan Presley blew the save on opening day, and then Rafael Montero earned a save on the second day of the season, but it begs the question, is this a committee or is Ryan Presley hurt? We'll have to watch more baseball to find out, but if this is a committee, there is lots of talent and lots of availability on the wire in this arm barn, so this is a very actionable bit of news. I'm going to try a different format here because there's always so much reliever news, especially this early in the season when there's so much up in the air. I'm going to first run through all of the relievers that earned a save on Saturday, kicking it off with Camilo Doval, who earned a save. It looks like he is the closer in San Francisco as Taylor Rogers pitched the eighth. Tucker Davidson had the rare four-inning save for the Angels. Ryan Helsley bounced back from his blown save on opening day to get a save on Saturday. 
Saturday, Devin Williams saw his first save appearance as well. Jorge Lopez also got a shot at a save despite being the setup guy just a couple days ago. He was the one to be called upon instead of Yohan Duran. So that's another interesting development. Is Duran the high leverage guy or is he the closer? Andre Jackson also got a save pitching three innings to get that one and Emmanuel Classe rounded it out with his first save of the season. Now, after checking out the guys that each earned a save, we'll talk about the closers that pitched either outside of save situations or did not earn the save. We'll kick it off with Clay Holmes who pitched in a deficit. I think we still have to wait to get a better idea of how Holmes is going to be used in San Diego. Josh Hader needed some work after not pitching in the team's first two games. David Robertson also pitched as the team was up by four. He pitched in the ninth after Adam Adovino pitched the eighth. So that is something to read into a little bit. Alexis Diaz got his first work of the season up by four. He just needed a chance to get onto the field. Michael Fulmer pitched in a deficit and was used to get out of a jam. Is he the high leverage reliever? Not quite sure. Craig Kimbrell also pitched in that drubbing against the Texas Rangers, which was weird and he struggled. Same with Sir Anthony Dominguez in that one. Don't read into that one just yet. And Felix Batista sort of got screwed by the left fielder in Baltimore. He would have had a save, but he ended up with the blown save because of that. And Kenley Jansen ended up with the win after pitching the ninth before Batista blew the save. If you want a more in-depth look at all of the relief pitching from around the league, check out the Daily Reliever Ranks article. The one posted today was written by yours truly. Before we look forward to tomorrow, we're going to take a quick break. Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll send it over to the wonderful Mark Paquette with the weather. Thanks, Jake. Well, when looking at today's weather, we are going to be rather quiet as compared to yesterday. We had a strong cold front moving into the northeast, but luckily the games got in 
basically in between a couple of rain areas. But today, there will be no issues with rain or delays or anything like that. Just kind of chilly in Boston. Hey, it's early April. It's going to be chilly in Boston. That's just going to just mark it down as sort of like death and taxes. You know what I mean? But back to you. We're not going to have any weather issues today, so we can enjoy that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Now we'll look forward to Sunday, April 2nd, starting off with the probable starters for tomorrow. Lead it off with my matchup of the day. We got Chris Bassett versus Jordan Montgomery, Blue Jays versus Cardinals. We got the Birds facing off. This is a fun matchup because both of these guys can eat some innings, rely on balls in play. Should be a good matchup. Both of these guys are gamers. The auto start tier is filled with just four guys today, one of them being Chris Bassett. The other three, Joe Ryan taking on the Royals, Jeffrey Springs taking on the Tigers, and Kodai Senga making his major league debut against the Marlins. That should be really fun. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table for the Mets. Our probably start tier is a little larger and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day. Graham Ashcraft gets a great matchup against the Pirates. I'm really excited to see what he can do. He pumps gas and has improved his slider throughout the offseason. So I'm excited to see what he brings to the table in his season debut. I would also keep an eye out for Jared Schuster as he makes his major league debut against the Nationals and Seth Lugo as he rejoins the rotation after a couple of years in the bullpen taking on the Colorado Rockies outside of Coors. Now I'll give some hitter suggestions, some batters that you should look to pick up in your league. If you're looking to stream some batters, definitely keep the Dodgers in mind as they face Zach Davies. Trace Thompson is definitely the guy that is probably going to be most coveted off the wire. And if he does not get scooped up for a lot of fab or immediately by someone in a fast finger league, he's coming off a three home run game and is three for eight with two home runs against Zach Davies. So he's definitely an enticing option there. Otherwise, David Peralta is 5 for 12 with two doubles against Davies. I'd also target Reds hitters versus Vince Velasquez. He is, he's all right, um, but I would choose some lefties who can take advantage of Great American Small Park. The guys that would likely be av- available on your wire include Will Benson, TJ Friedel, and Jake Fraley. Now that we've got our starter and hitter suggestions out of the way, we'll take a look at the bullpen to see some relievers to watch tomorrow. Kick it off, Ryan Helsley got a save yesterday, and he rarely pitches on back-to-back days, so so it could be Jordan Hicks or Andre Piante getting the save opportunity, but they both pitched yesterday and in two of the past three games. So I would keep an eye on Chris Stratton. He's not great, but if you need a save, that might be a very, very sneaky play. Otherwise, Emmanuel Classe has pitched in each of the past two days. He's gone three straight days a lot in the past, but I wouldn't count out the fact that the Guardians might want to go easy on him this early in the season. So they may go to somebody else if a save is presented in the ninth. James Karinchak is probably the first man up, but he pitched yesterday. So outside of him, Trevor Steffen could be a good option at a guy that could get a shot at the save. He signed a big extension. It was really great last year. So he's somebody I will be looking at in my leagues if I'm in need of a save. But that will do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to pitcherlist.com to check out all the great articles and features we have on the site, including amazing player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff and members of the community community and to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll do it for this edition of the First Pitch Podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.